Hello and welcome to the AV Forums podcast for Wednesday the 22nd of July 2015 and on this edition our assistant editor Steve Withers. I say what I mean and I do what I say. News editor Mark Hodgkinson. I told you I'm never going back. And audio reviewer Ed Selly. I'm alone. I am not lonely. Welcome back to the podcast. It's the start of the school holidays. Um, so if Mark suddenly disappears or you hear him shouting and yelling or uh, stuff in the back, it's because he's got kids to look after, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, well, no, not directly. I've got Dot today. There's two at home. My wife's here as well, but that doesn't actually help that much. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, a, there's been tension in the house this morning. So, uh, uh, yeah, if, if you sense some uh, anxiety in my voice, then that is the reason why. <laughs> And putting down his, uh, his cup of tea there is Steve, uh, living the middle class life and cleaning out cat litter. Yeah, I am indeed. Um, it's not a cup of tea, it's a glass of water actually. All right, okay. A bit thirsty. Puritan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hydrating. Okay, and uh, Ed's finally getting old because he's done his back in today, haven't you Ed? Yes, yes, it's just, just finishing off a wonderful a wonderful period of time. Hold on a second, the man with the chainsaws appeared. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> he's, he's not concentrating on me, he's just doing a hedge. Um yeah, that's fine. And then, as I say, Friday was brilliant because in the space of two minutes, my son broke my other pair of glasses and peed all over me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm living, living the dream at the moment. What can I say? <laughs> and uh, you could be living the dream as well. You could win a current competition. Did you like that link? I thought I think it was really well done. Ooh, very professional. Slick. Um, you could win uh, some prizes in our current competitions. We've got Catch Me If You Can on Blu-ray. Uh, that ends on the 29th of July. We have an EE4G. That's 4GEE Action Cam, courtesy of Scan. You can win that. That's open until the 3rd of August. And we've got a Thermal Take PC Gaming Bundle, courtesy of Scan as well. And that's uh, 31st of August for the closing on that. And previous winners, uh, Miguel X won the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy on Blu ray. Enjoy that. It is. Uh uh, quite an enjoyable movie. I actually thought it was. I, I thought it could have gone one of uh, two ways, Steve. It could have been really bad, um, yeah. or it could have worked. And I think I think they got away with it. It, it falls in the category of not as bad as we thought it was going to be. Yes, yeah. I suppose it's fair enough. Yeah. Enjoy your prize. <laughs> uh, right. So you know, for probably the last eighteen months, if not longer, we've been talking about four K Ultra HD. Uh, it's the new format. It's coming. Um, we got some news to talk about shortly about uh, a sports channel launching this year. It's getting closer, but the old adage is the bigger the screen, um, the more you're going to see the resolution from uh, normal viewing distances. And uh, we've taken that to some extreme this week, Steve, because you've had 75-inch TV in your living room. Yeah, I have 75-inch Sony KD75X93C. Um, which is not quite their flagship, but just below. They've, they've, I think they've got the 94C, which is the massive one that has those kind of um, big, huge feet, like a like a giant jack, like a giant drag. Oh, let me say that again. <laughs> like a giant blackboard. <laughs> it's not got zimming dones, is it? No, no, no zimming dones this time. Yeah, giant blackboard. That that's the flagship one. Um, this is the one just below that, which is still big. Let me just make that clear. Um, 75 inch screen, because it's got the the giant speakers on either side. Um, I applaud Sony for trying to improve the sound quality of televisions, um, but nobody buying a 75 inch TV or a 65 inch TV or most large screen TVs is probably going to use the onboard sound. So it would make more sense for them to do a TV, which is basically a monitor, you know, just doesn't have speakers at all. And then the option to attach them rather than coming with them already fixed because it's huge. I mean, it's, it's, you know, 75 inches screen size plus another good, sort of eight inches either side where the, the speakers are. And so it's huge. It weighs a ton. 
Um, you know, moving around was really, really difficult when it turned up. Uh, and, and I think, you know, a lot of people just won't use them. I mean, they sound great. Don't get me wrong. It sounds really good to the sound quality for a TV. But I just think it's adding to the value. It's adding to the cost of the TV. It's adding to the size and the weight of the television. And it probably won't get used by most people. So it doesn't make a lot of sense, no. Anyway, yeah, that's uh, a yeah, anyway, anyway, Steve, that sound, sounds not important. What's no. Spectra like? Picture-wise, it looks awesome. I absolutely think it's superb. And I was really, really impressed with the, uh, confusingly, X93B from last year. Um, I thought that probably my favourite picture um, into image quality-wise that I saw last year was that that TV. I think I may have given it my TV of the year, actually. Uh, I thought it was a really good picture. Very good colour accuracy out of the box, um, as is still the case. Sony did not include a CMS, but it is pretty accurate anyway, so you don't have to worry about that so much. Once you've got the grayscale sorted out, and that was pretty accurate to start with too. Once you've got that done, it's a really accurate picture. Uh, the, the local dimming is absolutely superb i'd say it's, it's the best i've seen possibly even better than samson and theirs is really good too they use a va panel on this so a bit like the samsons and the panasonics the viewing angle is pretty limited once you start going off axis it doesn't look as good but certainly dead center really deep blacks and, uh, no haloing or 75 inches you have to get pretty far off to the sides don't you so yeah you would not... be difficult to be off center on that <laughs> this one and i'm sat really close too i've got to say um uh, i'm only probably about five or six feet from it which is close for this kind of screen size um yeah picture quality is superb i, I think the um Video processing is really good too. I was watching, I've been watching some um, bit of Blu ray action, but also some upscale 1080p television, you know, broadcast TV, which looked very good, allowing for the limitations of the broadcast itself. Also, but even um, things like uh, Hannibal on, on Now TV uh, look really good too. And that's not the best, you know, I mean, what's that, 720p mark, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I think, yeah. So that looked really good too. So I've got to say, picture wise, I think it's a great television. I, I love the image and I'm a big fan. And it's as impressive as they were last year with the previous generation. I think it's a great picture. Where it falls down, a uh, couple of things they've, they've, they've changed. I've never, ever been a fan of their menu systems. I think they're impossibly confusing and really not well designed at all. Do you agree, Mark? Abysmal. I just want to uh, yeah. pick up on a point there as well when you're talking about the menus. So in terms of calibration controls, you have... You have... Uh, same as before, white white balance control, two point, and that's it. In terms of, there's no CMS. There's so, a two point white balance control okay. and no CMS. Right. So how does it perform? Uh, obviously, grayscale for colours and so on. You know, it's it's very good. Yeah. No, I mean you can get the you can get the grayscale pretty much spot on uh, with with the two point. So I, I don't. I never. I've never felt. Although it's annoying that Sony don't include ten point and CMSs on their TVs. In actual fact. Generally, I find that they're really accurate anyway. Okay, they so, do a really good job. So 25, 50, 75% saturation. That's or, good too. Yeah. 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 No, no. In terms of, in terms of the accuracy uh, out of the box and after doing the grayscale, really, really good. So I think um, anyone anyone buying this TV, you know, you're not going to be disappointed by the fact that it doesn't have quite the wide range of calibration controls that, um, that uh, other televisions do, like, like Panasonic or Samsung or LG. Um, and I, and I found that in the parts of Newmark with Sony TVs that whilst they don't necessarily have the calibration controls, they generally deliver really accurate pictures anyway. I fully agree. And, uh, you know, after several years of doing this, you get, you get quite thankful when, you, when all you've got... it's a calibration job when you're doing a Sony TV. I think, is it going to be a piece of cake? Quickly do the CMS. Yeah. I'm bang, sorry, bang, wait, wait, balance done. and job done. No, they are they are a doddle to set up and they are very accurate. And, and I, I do applaud Sony in that respect. I mean, yes, it would be nice if they could give you the... CMS controls, but ultimately you, you just don't really need them that much. To be, so it's not that big a loss. Uh, what they have done, though, and this is where it's going to start getting confusing, 
first of all, they've, they've messed around with me. So it's actually, one, it took me ages to work out how to get into the menu because it's now on the, on the remote control. The button is action menu, apparently. I don't know what that's meant to mean, but that's the button that takes you into the menu. And now they've got various different, they used to have, remember Mark, they used to have Cinema 1. I think it was in Cinema yeah. 2. Now it's Cinema Pro and Cinema Home. So uh, I went, Pro's the, the most accurate. As they say, it's the one to use for watching films. But it's the most accurate out of the box one. But it's going to be confusing people when they've got Cinema Pro, Cinema Home. You're thinking, hang on, was that for the store? Or is that for the home? Then um, they've renamed the Batlight Control Brightness. Well oh. done, boys. Really? <laughs> well, whilst that is probably more appropriate, and actually calling brightness, what, what we would call a brightness control is now called black level control. Again, that is actually probably a more accurate name for it. But really confusing for anyone who's not paying attention. In some respects, the menu system now is slightly better because it's not quite as fractured and all over the place but they've changed a lot of terminology in it but the overall um smart platform i think the dog's dinner is absolutely mess there's too much stuff in there um you know too many different systems on top of the systems that it just makes it really and also i'm not maybe it's because i'm not that familiar with android but for me i i've compared to the incredible simplicity of panasonic's firefox driven um, platform which i reviewed last week that was really easy and it got everything pretty much everything you want's there and you can you can you know put it on the front page and whatever you want to do it's dead easy to use anyone your granny could use it frankly this no it's, it's just so much stuff all over the place and it just gets confusing um so i can see why maybe the tvs have been delayed a bit because because i think you've, you've still got what i would call the old sony's platform on top of that you've got the android tv platform and then they're going to be on top of that the U view as well, so it's going to get even more complicated in, in, in soon. It was it was a bit like that last year, but they've obviously just added to it. With the, yeah, they've just taken um, what they had last year and dumped some more stuff. Made it worse. <laughs> Good. So, I think it's quite telling that Google aren't exactly promoting their um, Android TV box because they know it's not ready really for mm. prime time. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely a. a I think when it comes to these smart platforms, they should, simplicity is the key. C- keep it simple. Um, give people what they want, but keep it simple. What you're saying is. It's the simplicity side that you're having a downer on. It's not the fact that it's, yeah, not, no, no. it's not finished it's, because other manufacturer systems are not quite there yet. Because you no, mentioned Panasonic, no, I mean, you know, free Freeview Play isn't there yet. No. Samsung still isn't quite right, and LG is still waiting on a couple of bits and bobs as well. Yeah, absolutely. No, no. There's not the question of the content itself. There's tons of content there. Uh, it's just the way it's presented and accessing it that I, I found to be disparate and confusing. Whereas, you know, something like Panasonic's system is, is, you know, really simple. You take app and you just pin it to the front page. Bang, there you go. It's there. You t- you, as soon as you hit the home button, what you want's there. That's kind of all I want, really. I mean, in all this recommendation software and algorithms, this kind of stuff, I think it just begins to make it, well, it, well it's, it's meant to make it simpler. I think it often has the reverse effect. Oh, let's face it, it's the most user ever. Choice. Two or three, maybe four services anyway. That's, that's all you're yeah. ever going to need. Yeah. No most one people, uses more than that. Most people, I'm guessing, use... Netflix, Amazon, BBC iPlayer, ITV player, all four. Bit, bit of YouTube. That's bit of YouTube. So six there. Um, that's about it. And to be honest, you know, everything else is all nice to have, but it's not going to get used. And if you bombard you with content and choices, you, you get, you know, it's, it's a point where you, you think, I don't know what to watch now. I've got too much choice. Steve, I get I, I get that state just looking at Netflix. <laughs> Yeah, true. <laughs> There's too much choice. And I think sometimes if you give people too much choice, I don't know if you're the same, Ed, when it comes to um, you know looking through streaming services and that kind of thing. If you've got too much choice, you end up not listening or watching anything. You go on and do something else well, instead. There is a ridiculous... I mean, yeah, if you fire up uh, the streamer library on the, the server, I mean, there's about 1,100 albums. You think, 
I haven't got anything to listen to. And you're just <laughs> scrolling through page after page. He's bloody tracked. And yeah, I know what you're saying. The agony of choice. Um, so yeah, it's it, it it's a funny old one. Um, best thing to do for that is to um, I always find is to uh, is to actually decide ahead of time what you're going to do with your your Netflix, your Amazon TV, whichever services it we're discussing at the time. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, just go on, select that, and watch it rather than just sit there idly looking through the menus, going, I can't decide. What I tend to do is go through every now and then looking at what's been added, and then I'll mark it. So then I've got a page of things that oh, I would be interested got, in watching. He's got a system. Uh, yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, right, so wrapping up on this Sony TV, yeah. um, it's 75 inches. I, I'd imagine that it's going to have um, a pretty high price tag. Yes, it will cost you just shy of £8,000, which actually doesn't sound that bad, <laughs> considering. <laughs> yeah, but then you could get a, a really good 4K projector for that kind of money. Yeah, yeah, I'd, and... I'd, I'd buy the Epson... <laughs> less ten thousand probably, and I still have a grand left over. No, yeah, but it's, but it's not 4K. two grand left over. But it's not four K. That's true. Okay, uh, in that case, then I can get the <laughs> or you could get the um, uh, VW five hundred for about that price, couldn't you? Yeah, and that yeah. is definitely four K. Yeah, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't have put it in your living room. That's a that's a thing. I mean, it's, no, I guess it's, pre- it's Premiership footballers that you're looking at seventy five inches, or Americans. They they have the room for it. I I mean, I couldn't get that through the door. I'd have to. You'd have to take a window out of my house. And shove it through a window. It wasn't again. easy getting it in, I have to say. <laughs> right, anyway, so uh, the review should be up on the site by the time that this podcast goes out, or the day after it goes out. It should be up there anyway this week, so uh, go and have a look at that review, and there should be uh, video reviews and video settings as well, if you're lucky enough to go and buy one. Still talking about 4K Ultra HD, so let's move to Mark. Mark, BT TV launch uh, their Ultra HD sports channel with some Premiership football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that happy talking about it, having signed up for Virgin for another year. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I will move on. I'm bigger than that. I can cope. Yeah, so um, we knew it was happening, and we knew it was going to be sport that would be the uh, the, the attempted Kickstarter for Ultra HD in the home. Um, BT Sport, as expected, are first out of the box. I, d- I don't think they were expected. I thought Sky were going to be all over nah, it's always going to be BT since the last few months. I think BT have got more to prove. Do you think Sky is sitting back saying, all right then? Let's see how you get on with this. Yeah, let's see how you get on. I mean, you're going to need, which wasn't a part of the press release, we're going to need a 44 megabit uh, yeah. allowance. <laughs> no, you need that. Even, you, <laughs> I uh, read the press that's release. Your, that's your minimum. That's your absolute minimum. 44 <laughs> is the minimum? Yeah. Right. Because well, so it's live. It, apparently, there's some, some, it can uh, it can just cause issues. It can have like these... Uh, data kind of explosions, so they need they need an awful lot of bandwidth. I mean, baseline's about twenty to twenty five meg for the for the video stream, but it's multicast as well, so you need you need a lot of space. So it's <laughs> you were talking, not many people are going to be able to get this. Um, well, the, the other thing is the the receiver as well. I mean, they're leaving this really really close to the wire here to get this box in the house as well. But the, yes, so, so that was the other part of it. There was a U, they've announced uh, a BTU view box. Uh, which is capable of it. So it's obviously it's not coming over the air. This is coming through the uh, through the internet connection. Um, now it's not even clear whether this UV box. I don't think this UV box will record the Ultra HD. Even it can only play it back. It might be able to pause it, but as far as it can work out, you can't actually record. So you can only record in, well, I would have thought in, in those, Ultra HD. At those data rates, although it's a one terabyte box, um, I would have thought at those data rates, it's kind of difficult to do. I'm surprised that they're not compressing this at all. Well, it's obviously a bit compressed, but yeah, not not as much so as say the Netflix 
the Netflix action and the Amazon stuff. But um, yeah, so there's, there's massive technological challenges before you can even consider getting this service. Um, a lot of BT Infinity does not get to 44 meg, as you can see from the uh, off, -cam, off, off what's it results. Who was it? Offcom. Yeah, you can see that BT <laughs> Infinity rarely reaches those speeds. Off um, what's it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, off what's it. <laughs> yeah, the, the cheese department. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the corn snack. <laughs> Um, uh, but you know, fifteen pound a month it doesn't sound too bad. Uh, you get all the rest of the uh, sports channels, forty-seven channels, including. Yeah, but you got to pay for the internet connection, so that's going to be a fair bit. Yeah, that's the big. Yeah. That's going to be a infinity unlimited, really, isn't it? Because you, what, what do you pay for infinity? You, you, you know. I don't know. I don't know, but you're you're talking twenty odd quid, twenty-five quid, and then fifteen quid on top of that. So. So it's not cheap, and it's not going to be easy to get. And you got to buy a four K TV as well. You've got to buy a 4K TV, although if you want an LG, you get a £500 voucher in the box with your UV box. But yeah, you know, it's the start, isn't it? It's the start. First game is Arsenal-Chelsea in the Community Shield, followed by United and Tottenham on August the 8th as the season opens. Uh, they haven't told us much more. They've got, they're doing the MotoGP, Silverstone, a few other games listed. But yeah, I mean, it, it's the start. Is it, um, is it uh, Ultra HD 4K at 50, 50p? That I don't know. I haven't found the information. That it, it, I would guess. I would guess so. Seven oh nine color space or ten bit yeah, video. Yeah, it'll be rec. 709. It's all going to be the usual stuff, then. Yeah. It'll be eight bit rec. Seven oh nine. Twenty to thirty meg. Yeah, you guess it could be. It yeah, could be fifty. Yeah, it have to be. I think. Always the most. It's going to be awful, yeah. isn't it? Otherwise. Yeah, but it's not going to be any more than eight bit seven oh nine. That's for sure. No, no, for sure. Um, yeah, it's quite a quite a challenge I got on the hands. I can see why Sky are now sitting back and saying, "On you go." Well, apparently one transponder is is only 44 meg or something, so it's taken up a ridiculous amount. A 43.88 meg per transponder for satellite, so it's taken up virtually all the bandwidth. Well, you see, HEVC was supposed to get around this because of its compression rates, but it doesn't sound like that that's what they're using because... No, it's MPEG-4, I'm pretty sure. Right, okay. So that then starts Strange to make decision, sense. Isn't it? It's well, it's the, the hardware won't have been ready, will it? They've yeah. they rushed this UV box out, let's be fair. <laughs> to, get it, to get it, it's obviously not got HEVC decoding. Yeah, it obviously doesn't have that. I mean, this is this, this is the way that HD TV went in. You know, it was MPEG two, wasn't it? To to start off with, I think it still is on, with some people. Um, so low uh, low efficiency compression. Um, I guess it's just the way it's going to be to start off with. You know, if you want in on early, you're going to make some compromises. So you don't have to worry too much, Mark and Steve. You, you, no, I'm still jealous, though. <laughs> Steve, you're never going to get this service. Ever. No, no, never. No, I mean, I'd, I don't really care. I don't like sport anyway. So I don't, <laughs> don't like sport. I sport can spot Rangers. <laughs> well, well that, that kind of proves it, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, let's go and talk some audio because we haven't heard from Ed's dulcet tones for a while. So, Ed, um, we covered the QQ6 in a little bit of detail when we were talking about 5.1 systems, but... It, it sounds like this one's really blown your frock up, as I know you like to say. Um, well, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, re I'll re have to repeat what I said um, when uh, they came to collect them. Uh, they are annoyingly good. Um, you know, I, I, it has been joked in the past that, you know, I review products and a lot of stuff get through, gets a, a recommended badge and so on and so forth. So I sat out, I set out to be as demanding as I humanly could of these speakers. I ran them at anti-social levels i demanded i you know i judged them against items that were vastly more expensive did all sorts of things and you know i was able to essentially you know establish that the subwoofer has to make do with being 
just pretty good. It's it's certainly the best sub three hundred pound sub I've heard. But the speakers are a genuine achievement. There are limits to what they can do because they're you know they're relatively small. They bottom out at sixty eight hertz, but they are neutral and accurate and refined in a way that you just you know they, they considering that they are very affordable products. They are absolutely sensational. Um, a less scrupulous and budget-minded organization could sell them for quite a lot more so yeah they are an unquestionable best buy there is precious little um anywhere near the price which is able to able to keep up with them uh i would honestly say you'd be looking at tannoy's mercury and acoustic energy's 100 series both of which are about an extra 250 300 quid to, to to stay up with them they are really genuinely exceptional loudspeakers i just wanted to um bring up a point ed which was how did you test the 5.1 system because in the photographs you have this center model there did you use yeah. the center speaker or did you use five of the satellites no i used the center the, the, that is the package as sold satellites left and right front and rear and the set and the thirty ninety center is supplied as well. You could buy one of the satellites, though. Could you use a single? I haven't seen them for sale singly, but I'm sure that it's probably possible. That's the way I would go. I would go with five satellites rather than the, the center speaker. You're changing mm. the front soundstage too much, I think. Especially it's with subsets. It's even. So. I'll say that it's very uh, as, as with with most material. I tried it was precious hard to work out where one was beginning and ending. So, but interestingly, if that is your bag, I don't know if this is the, the segue you were looking for. The other speaker review that's going up this month, SVS Prime 5.1, that is something there where they, they're clearly in line with your thinking because that yep. is five identical satellites. Yeah, uh, uh, interesting. I, I'm looking forward to reading that review. I haven't read it just yet. Checked that the copy's there, but I haven't yeah. read it yet. Um, so interesting to see what you think of that because i know that, that you're more of a floor stander and add the three well other speakers i have a lot of time system, for a, so. g a good pair of stand mounts but i i, I have to say i d as you know i'm not wildly keen on using subs for music so having a pair of speakers which when you want to just listen in two channel they're able to do something approaching full bandwidth that's all something i always find appealing but it it would be you know meaningless to to say that those 3010s even though they do bottom out comparatively early on it would be wrong to say they're anything other than seriously good in stereo as well cool good stuff nice to see the british company designing things and, and doing things right and at the budget end of the market as well mm. so yeah we we got to applaud that and um we will be looking at some british made subwoofers next month i believe steve and ed i think we're, yes we're that's, looking the at that. so, that's the plan yep so yeah, so it'll be interesting. I mean, I've got one of their old models, so I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, how that improves on that one. And uh, yeah, we'll have all that next month. So before we uh, before we move on, it was a question on the forums. It wasn't quite this question, but it was along similar lines, which is, which would you buy? The extra speakers for Dolby Atmos to add to your system or a new projector? And... Um, if it was me, it'd be a projector every time because, I th <laughs> and I've said this umpteen times, there's hardly any content for Atmos. It doesn't really make sense to be spending an awful lot of money on that just yet. I, I would uh, I would contest that. I've just taken possession of my 10th Dolby Atmos Blu-ray. Yeah, Steve, wow. I, Steve I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't outlating four grand on speakers <laughs> for Dolby Atmos. Actually, the, the question, what would you choose, 
projector atmos i mean so does that assuming then you've already got an Dolby atmos receiver you're adding the speakers overhead no it was it was specifically they had a non-atmos receiver where they wanted yes. they were thinking of upgrading the receiver so buying a receiver the choice was upgrade receiver. The, the upgrade, the up, sorry, the receiver upgrade was a given. Yeah, they wanted HD audio for uh, minimum five point one, uh, and then the choice was kind of between uh, a project, a projector, or speakers and an Atmos capable receiver, rather than picking up a, a non Atmos right. capable yeah. receiver. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. I was going to say because if you're just the speakers, you could pick up a, you know some JBLs like I did for get four of those for hundred twenty quid. Pop them on the ceiling. No, I, still get the project, still yeah, get the projector. I I, I but, think I think uh, on on what was given, I think I think no. you know adding the bigger picture to five point one would make a hell of a bigger difference to everything you watch rather than going for. Uh, no, I totally agree. Phil. I wasn't. I was just painting as advocate. I, I would definitely go for the projector because once you go to projected image, and the, I think we said this before on other podcasts, most people only really experience projected images when they're either in a presentation at work or watching the football in a pub, neither of which are ideal situations. A well-done projector screen set up at home, you know, properly set up, can look amazing. And a big image, particularly for watching movies, just blows it out of the water. And once you've done that, it's very hard to go back to looking at Even that 75-inch TV I've got downstairs right now doesn't compare to the 10-foot screen I've got in the home cinema. Yeah. And, you know, and, and still, and for me, that's the way I want to watch movies. And it's a projected image as well. It just mm. looks different, you know, to, to yeah. an image that you're going to get on a flat panel. It's, uh, yeah, it just has a different look. And then if you go with an SXRD or a DILA projector, it, it looks even more filmic. Yeah, I watched uh, I watched a couple of, well, I watched um, Thor The Dark World and um, Guardians of the Galaxy over the weekend, so I'm getting myself ready to watch Ant-Man at the cinema. And I was sitting there looking at my X3, which is a few years, a few years old now, isn't it, the X3? When was that, 2011? Yeah, it's about that. Um, and I still thought, you know, that's a lovely picture. It's a really, really good picture. Uh, I was very pleased with it. It's fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, projector. My, just like you, I'm with you, Phil. Get a projector. No question. Ed? Tough call. I do like the idea of having a projector in here. But the thing is, having not previously had a projector in here, there would be, I mean, obviously, I don't know how whether, you know, the, the calculation in, includes the the cost of getting on up and running in this in this space for the first time. But, yeah, I mean, if it can be done with a reasonable degree of decorum, because it is still a lounge as well as being a sort of test area, I'd, I'd probably, under these circumstances, go go projector. Steve, what's the, what's the price on a Sony SXRD HW40 these days? It's about... Seventeen, eighteen hundred pounds. I think you maybe get a bit less if you shop around. Right, and the latest four K fifty inch TV is what two grand. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you're looking at yeah, you you, you kind of um, depends on which model you're buying and which manufacturer. But you're certainly you're gonna get way more. I've always said this. You'll get way more bang for your buck off of a, a projector new off a TV. Now, okay, the HW forty is not um, not for ultra HD, but for you know, I, I like I said, I was looking at. Just a Blu-ray on a big, big screen, uh, and I still thought the resolution held up perfectly. And I, I wasn't ever thinking I really, really need ultra. In fact, I was thinking Saturday on Saturday. I was thinking, you know what? I don't. Do I really need ultra HD 4K? Because this looks pretty good to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Steve, you know, Rex 709. It's old-fashioned, mate. It's old-fashioned. Yeah. Again, I, I was thinking this looks pretty bloody good to me. I just, I was thinking, you know, I could probably wait quite a long time i'm pretty happy with what i've got i mean there i was in a home cinema big screen scope ratio lovely picture atmos sound thinking mm. 
pretty happy where I am right now. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right, Phil. I mean, I think you'll get more bang for your buck from projector than you will from any television purchase, particularly if you're going to go for a big screen TV. And uh, like we said earlier, 75-inch Sony, you can get the Sony uh, 4K VW500 projector for the same price. Okay, so we're going to move on. But before we do, I just thought um, this landed on Twitter and I've just opened up the page and I've had a quick scan of this. And I think it's quite interesting because it's coming from the BVA, the British Video Association, and it's all about um, download against physical media and figures that they have from the marketplace. So I thought this might be quite interesting just to go through very quickly. Um, so I'm just going to take the, the key points um, which are in a major turnaround sales of new release films on DVD and Blu-ray are on track to grow 2% this year, which wow. which is quite quite big actually in this marketplace. Um, half of the Great British population, 24 million, buy videos uh, to own every year. So physical media. £51.03 is the average spend per buyer per annum on physical disc. 57% of all DVD and Blu-ray sales are impulse purchases. 55% um, of all DVD and Blu-ray sales are for catalogue product. I was quite surprised Ooh. at that one. Those who buy Blu-ray discs to own are the most satisfied shoppers. And uh, the amount spent per day is 30, uh, 3.5 million on discs to own, so physical media. 3.5 million a day per day. 400,000 per day digital to own, so digital download. Um, and £300,000 a day uh, to rent a disc. So, you know, we were decrying physical media, um, but it seems to be performing quite well on those uh, figures. Is it still more being spent on physical than on... Uh, yes, it's two, it's two to one. Yeah, that's good. Because hmm. I, I, I saw a report a couple of months ago that was saying that for the first time it had gone the other way and people were spending more on downloading and streaming than they were on actually buying physical content, I mean, so. obviously this is coming from uh, the British Video <laughs> Association. <laughs> you maybe have got you know, um, an agenda. But, <laughs> but it's looking here, the value of video sales today equates to 4 million on physical and 2 million on digital each day. Illustrating although physical ownership is still is still dominant, digital is an important driver for growth. That's digital downloads and renting as opposed to digital streaming, I take it? Um, it just says digital. Yeah, so, maybe not candy streaming. But, um, yeah, no, but that's hearty news. I mean, I certainly can vouch for being a very satisfied Blu-ray owner. You know, my Blu-ray <laughs> was really good. Smug almost. <laughs> <laughs> I was feeling pretty smug. Um, well, I mean, uh, there, there is quite a, a good bit here, which, which <laughs> is just AV Forum's membership to a T. Owners of 4K TVs, Apple TV, Xbox One, PS4, men aged 25 to 34 <laughs> are the most knowledgeable and engaged with film. Well, we know that. Just an AV Forum members and they not cover it. And uh, another one, which is quite interesting for video in the band, 28% of people asked, wish there was a way of watching a TV show or film at any time, any place, on any device. So getting quite switched on. One in three say films are important in their life. And well, where was the one about the full UK population? Um, which I thought was also very interesting when I read it quickly. 52% of the population understand what a digital download is. And wow. if that's for the whole population, that's quite a move. That's mm. quite, a, quite a move on. What percentage of DVD and Blu-ray sales are on the back of gift vouchers? It doesn't say. It, it just says impulse purchase was 57% of all Blu-ray and DVD is an impulse. I guess that, that plays into the supermarket side of things. And there was a... I mean, this, this was a, an event which was held 
uh, would have been last week now. Um, it's just been reported on today. And like I say, I'm just quickly scanning through this, but there was somebody um, from the, uh, uh, it's one of the supermarket chains or, or somebody that looks after all the supermarket chains saying it is still a major driver for them in terms of sales was uh, physical media, um, be that video games, videos, DVDs. They sell them quite cheap, don't they? They put them at the front of the store and sell them cheaper than the specialist shops and get people in. Yeah, so interesting because I think on this podcast we get quite focused on certain areas of the industry that are important to us and we forget that, you know, you, you know, population-wise, um, physical media is still really, really popular, even though the majority of us here are, are more and more going towards streaming and, and digital downloads and that kind of thing. So you'll be happy with that, Steve. Uh, very, yeah, very. Sorry, can I just pause for a second, Phil? Cats meowing. And I'm a bit concerned there's some either dead or half dead creature in the lounge. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait a second. She's looking pleased with herself. <laughs> Satisfied. Well, at least there's a cat brain that in another girlfriend. There's no bunnies in there getting boiled so in the So I married an axe murderer. <laughs> okay, no, all fine. I think we're just saying hello. <laughs> Uh, right so anyway as i was saying steve before we got sidetracked there um you'll find this interesting then yeah absolutely no i mean and encouraging too actually quite encouraging because i think we've been ringing the death now for physical media for some time and i'm glad to see that's not actually the case people are still buying stuff i mean even if it is just impulse purchases while they're standing in a queue at supermarket at least they are buying discs um i'd be interested to see what percent how many blu-rays actually get sold in a, in a year or in a month obviously that's the area that most interests me uh, and would probably i guess dictate how successful things like 4k blu-ray would be but um it's still good to see people are buying uh physical media yeah i've I've looked through this again it doesn't break it down between blu-ray and dvd yeah, it just clumps them together but um that does bring up a thing i mentioned to you this morning which just carries on from something that um, mark was talking about last week with his android tv boxes which you know that people have been you know, not everyone, but some people maybe are watching stuff for free. What's also happening a lot is that people are using their friends' or relations' um, logins for people like for things like Netflix as a way of streaming content for free. So there's probably a vast amount of content is being consumed, but for which there are no yeah. But then numbers. I, I, I think I, I don't think Netflix are lax. But what you do is you pay for the number of logins that you you can have, don't you? So you are allowed to. I think you're allowed to have is it six. Four logins. Yeah, four logins. Yeah, four right. logins. Two two concurrent uses, I think. Is one of those Kenny logins. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm here all week. Don't yeah. forget to tip your waitress. Yeah, back in the danger zone. <laughs> I don't think uh, Netflix really care, actually, but I think they, 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 no, they I don't, a bit I don't, about I don't it. It's more um, now TV that are quite firm on how many things you can log into. I've discovered. Spotify yeah. is extremely tight on it. Very tight. Um, you know, yeah, it yeah, but, but they, it would instantly stop if you. Uh, yeah, well, they, they have to be because they've got Apple in the case, haven't they? And Apple will bring up anything to try and close them down, especially the free stuff. So I think they, they have to be really careful, don't they? Yes, I think you're probably right. Spotify are doing a family thing now. Oh, isn't that just Tidal? Yeah, yeah, although I think Spotify. I think, I think the good news is all around is whether it's musical movies or whatever, it's people are consuming more content in more ways, enjoying it. And um, whilst I don't necessarily approve of watching films on a phone, you know, if people are at least are buying and watching the stuff and it's selling well, then there's more incentive for people to make more things, be that albums or movies. Uh, yeah, or as, long, as, long as, as long as people are paying for it. And I think, yeah. we, 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 you know, we raised this last week, I think it's a generational thing. I think if you ask anybody in your 20s, they'll expect it for free. You know what I mean? Um, I think, yeah, a young generation will expect content for free and will watch a film on a phone. Whereas I, 
pay for everything and uh, and would never ever ever think of watching a film on a phone occasionally you have to watch them on planes and that's the limit i'll go to you know you crazy film old fool well yes <laughs> i'll give it that to first <laughs> uh yeah so i what's your thoughts dear listener um on those figures released obviously you know pinch of salt it did come from the british video association but still interesting figures from a survey that they've done um is there still life in the old dog yet uh physical media is it going to be around for for uh, a long time i mean just look at vinyl vinyl is still around so are we still going to have uh dvd blu-rays cds in, in 20 years time or will everything be digital personally i think everything will be digital i don't think we'll see many physical formats surviving but um i think the only reason vinyls really survived ed is that there was the nostalgia side of things but also um that there was a quality issue in terms of sound quality which... yeah there's that and um the other thing is that uh as in terms of its degradation over time stored correctly it'll outlive any other physical media because it doesn't it, it doesn't have the same pressures upon it uh, and that is a big difference as well and it's also it's fairly complicated to build a phono cartridge but every other part of it is fundamentally simple it's just a good engineering practice nothing there's no witchcraft no wizardry um, you can't imagine a blu-ray mechanism being done as a cottage industry thing it's just not physically likely I mean, I don't want to say impossible because impossible is an overused word, but it just doesn't seem, I don't think it would hold the same sort of nostalgic, you know, performance and, and then potentially arguably performance cachet. And it would just be so much harder to make them on a small scale, whereas vinyl has that survivability. And I think that, that that's an advantage for it. Um, so, no, otherwise I can't see any other physical formats surviving. There you go. Simple yes or no would have sufficed, but yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, anyway, we st- I think we've spent enough time on hardware this week. Coming up next is Games News. So, Mark, what's the Games News? Does that sound like a cereal bowl? Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what? What? I can't, I can't do my Mark impression. I can't do his voice. I'm doing his eating habits. Okay, games news. So we're talking about the podcast, I'm taking it. That is games news. (laughs) (laughs) The podcast is up. (laughs) Late, but better late than never. (laughs) They talk about such subjects as the Batman PC troubles, the gameplay of No Man's Sky. So what what is the troubles with the Batman PC games? There's problems. Big problems. (laughs) Controlling (laughs) the Batmobile, as I understand. It's badly optimised, I guess, for PC, I reckon. Lazy console port, all that kind of stuff, that's what they say. Gameplay of Lazy no console Sky. port. That sounded like yeah. something very different for a second then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no Man's Sky. I don't know anything about that. Uh, oh, a big controversy about the Destiny uh, downloadable content. Really big. What I will say is that if you're squeamish in any way and you don't want to be put off food and eating meat for the rest of your life, um, skip to four minutes and whatever it is when the actual podcast starts and don't oh, listen at the beginning. Chicken processing talk. Yeah, don't don't talk about it. It's just okay. Yeah, so uh, that's it. Oh no, I can't pronounce that last one. P PewDiePie, 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 PewDiePie. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about PewDiePie. I don't know what that is. Adult men talking about PewDiePie. It's going to be good. good. (laughs) And have you listened? Clearly not. (laughs) It's on my list. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so games news. Is that games news? That's games podcast news, in fact. 
Uh, Steve, what's at the cinema? This week, Phil, uh, I went to go and see the 12th uh, Marvel movie in their new Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, which started obviously with Iron Man back in 2008. And this week, uh, Ant-Man opened. Um, not one of their, actually in fairness, most of the films are based on their big name characters because they sold all those when they were bankrupt in the 90s. So Spider-Man and um, the X-Men and Fantastic Four all got flogged off, which meant when they had to launch their own group of films that they were somewhat lumbered with a bunch of what I would class as B-list uh, titles that I perhaps hadn't even heard of. I wasn't that familiar with Iron Man when it came out. But as it happens, it was a big gamble when it paid off because Iron Man was a huge hit. And they had other films like, you know, The Incredible Hulk and Thor and Captain America led up to the Avengers. Avengers was a massive hit. And that represented phase one. So then we moved into phase two, which was starting with Iron Man 3. And then we had, um, after that, Dark, um, Thor The Dark World, Captain America, um, Winter Soldier, The Guardians of the Galaxy, the Avengers Age of Ultron, and it's finishing, this is the end of Phase 2, Ant-Man, which is a film that's been in production for, or certainly been talked about for a long time, way back, back as far as 2007, I remember um, reading about Edgar Wright going to do making it. I was just going to ask, I, I was kind of sure that Edgar Wright was behind this, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, he, um, he wrote, he, him and Joe Cornish actually did the original story, they wrote the original screenplay, he was paid to direct it, he worked on it for years, and then just before Principal Photography started, he fell out with Marvel. And um, no one's quite sure what happened. I suspect that he wanted to make more of a standalone movie. And Marvel obviously wanted to make sure this fitted into their un cinematic universe. And certainly the film that I saw yesterday uh, was a lot, I, I was actually less standalone than I thought it would be. And I think that may have been where the conflict lay. It was he wanted to make something more jokey, more com comedic, um, more standalone. And this is this is not what Marvel wanted. So I think. Does... I, you thought they'd have realised that after you know years and years and years of working together. But anyway... So, does, so it, brought, does it affect the movie in any way than that? Well, um, what happened was that the screenplay was rewritten by Paul Rudden and um, as Andy McKay, I think it is. Um, how much they've changed, I don't know, because I haven't seen the, the, the version of the screenplay by Cornish and, and Wright. But the result, at least I can say from my experience, I thought that was thoroughly enjoyable. Um, I think actually um, it really works as standalone. I mean, there are elements in it that tie into the overall universe. Um, there's sort of sequence, pre-credit sequence, um, which ties in with um, things like um, Howard Stark and Hayley Atwell's character, Agent Carter, and sort of stuff in with, with S.H.I.E.L.D., so that ties it in there. Then, and then the film kind of goes off in its own way for, for most of the film, but there's another section, sort of two-thirds of the way through, where it ties in again with the Avengers. And then right at the very end, they use their usual thing, there's a little pre-credit, there's a little mid-credit sequence. Um, sort of setting up um, Ant-Man 2, basically. And then there's an end credit sequence right at the very end of the film, um, which uh, clearly is setting up the next Captain America movie, Civil War. And so they've had made an effort time. It doesn't feel like it's being shoehorned in too much. It, it feels largely organic. But the majority of the film is about um, Paul Rudd's character, who is a... Uh, you know, uh, um, an ex-con, basically. He's got out of prison. He was uh, sent to prison for, um, well, as he likes to call it, burglary, not robbery. Um, and um, it was kind of a kind of a Robin Hood-type robbery. Um, and, uh, you know, he wants to look at... He's estranged from his wife. He's divorced, and, and he's estranged from his daughter, and he wants to look after her, but she won't let him see unless he has enough money in a place of his own, this sort of stuff. And he's trying to go straight, but he ends up getting involved with Hank, Hank, um, Hank Pym, who's played by um, Michael Douglas, who was the original Ant-Man. So it's kind of a... That bit's kind of shown in flashback a little bit in, in the film, but it's basically about this, this new character's um, struggle. And uh, he gets involved with him, and there's a plot to basically steal the ant, this technology away from uh, the villain of the film. And so it's, it's largely a, a heist movie to a large extent. 
Um, and it's quite comedic in places, but not overtly so. There's some comedic characters in there. It's funny. It basically, I found it to be a very enjoyable, fun uh, two hours. Uh, even if you're not immersed, I went to go and see it with Laura. She's not immersed in the Marvel Universe, and she found it to be very enjoyable. I think Paul Rudd's a very charismatic leading man. I think he does a great job. You know, it's got a superb supporting cast. You've got Michael Douglas in there. You've got um, Evangeline Lilly in there. Um, various minor characters. Michael Pena plays a very uh, comic character in it. And uh, overall, I think it really worked. It, uh, what they do quite cleverly is that after so many, what I can only describe as big, epic Marvel films, you know, where you've got, well, for example, Age of Ultron, where you've got thousands and thousands of um, robots and, and whole cities being lifted off the ground and smashed into the ground and this sort of stuff. This is deliberately small scale, not just in terms of the plot, but also in terms of the action, because the thing about Ant-Man is that he shrinks to very small size. So the last, the, the, the climactic battle in it takes place in a kid's bedroom on a Thomas a, toy, Thomas a Tank Engine toy set. And it's really, it really works. It's funny, but also exciting. So actually, um, I think it's, whilst the character intrinsically sounds a bit silly, and, and, and they do address that quite often in the film, um, I think it really works as, as a standalone movie and as, and as part of the, as a, of the Marvel Universe, it really works. And it is fun and entertaining uh, and funny, funny in the right way, not you know, overtly comic. But certainly there's some laughs in there. Good action pieces. The special effects are great. The, the stuff when he's shrunk to small size is really done well. I, did, I saw it in 2D, but I could imagine it would really work well in 3D um, because obviously those sequences are all CGI, CGI anyway. So the, the post-production would, um, conversion would work well. Um, but yeah, and, and it sets up the next phase of the, of the Marvel Universe, which is um, they've got some, I think, about eight films lined up over the next three years. Um, including uh, a Spider-Man movie in conjunction with, with Sony. So Spider-Man will be making a guest appearance in, in the Captain America Civil War. So it's the first time they've brought that character back into their own universe, um, which makes it interesting. So I, I think it worked well. It's as, as a, as a very low-key ending to the second phase, because obviously the first phase ended with the Avengers movie, which was very big and epic and made a ton of money. I'm sure this will be successful, but it's a quite a low-key ending. But in a way, it kind of works. It's kind of the opposite of what you expect. And therefore, I think I, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I think Cass gave it a 7 out of 10. I actually would give it 8 out of 10. I, I thought it was a good film, good little film. And, right. and, and probably more enjoyable and better than I expected. Okay, because I think just quickly reading in the thread, I think people are generally going the other way, Steve, with it. They don't like it. Mm. If, we're, if we're not into, you know, superheroes, comic book figures, all that kind of thing, what's out this week? Yeah, at least we've got a respite from that for a change. Um, we've got three films, one of which is possibly not if not, not the best Pixar movie um, ever made, but certainly one of the best Pixar movies in years, um, and it's Inside Out, um, which is a film basically that takes place inside the mind of an 11 year old girl, which might sound like a strange concept, but it's about emotions and the emotions are actually represented by physical characters in, inside her head. And um, from reading uh, the review of the film by Kamari, um, I mean, she gave it 10 out of 10. So she really likes it. Uh, and she said, you know, like the best bits of movies, it's, it's both funny and emotional. Um, you know, you, you'll be crying one minute and laughing the next. And, and it sort of, it really addresses um, things about why you remember certain things when you were a kid and why perhaps you don't remember other things and why you can't just be always happy and sometimes you have to be sad. Uh, all handles all this really well. And it's, it's certainly an intriguing idea. And I saw the trailer um, for it before Ant-Man and it looked quite funny. Um, yeah, but this is being touted certainly as, as one of the best Pixar movies. I'm, I'm just glad I'm not, I'm not going to the cinema with you to see it. <laughs> or Bloody Next to you or something. Yeah, yeah. But it's, if it's a return to form, it's good news because, in all honesty, Pixar have really lost. The, I think after Toy Story three, they, which I thought was very good, they they have made a, a string of not so great films, and in the case of Cars two, an absolute stinker. 
Um, so it would be good if they uh, if they are back on form with with this film because yeah, I think they've lost away a little bit. In fact, in fact, they got to a point where the sort of the best Pixar type movies were actually being made by Disney. Things like Big Hero Six or Wreck It Ralph, I thought were much much better than the stuff that Pixar were making, which felt more like Disney films. Things like Brave, could have could have Disney movie really with a kind of Disney princess kind of a, um, central female character. So if they are back on form, excellent because uh, I think Pixar have done some really 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 good stuff in the past. Okay, uh, what else? Southpaw, um, a boxing movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, who's clearly been working out seriously for this. Um, he basically plays a, a title a boxer, who's you know championship boxer. Who um, I don't want to give much away really because the trailer, I think, as usual, gives away too much. But uh, fair, events happen. Does he win? His life go, go, sorry. Does he win? Does he win at the end? I'm, I'm <laughs> guessing yes. I don't, don't show that in the trailer, but I'd like to see a, a sporting movie where they don't win at the end. <laughs> um, yeah, his life. Um, well, well, there was the, there was that one with what's her face playing the boxer. She died, didn't she? Million dollars. Oh yeah, you're right. Million dollar baby. And actually, I will say I've not seen uh, that yet. Thanks for the story. <laughs> <laughs> that was on my list as well. All right. Well, Friday Night Lights is one of the few exceptions I can think of where the team don't win at the yeah. end. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's still. There was it's that still... one with the swimmer where he died just before he got to the end. He just floated to the end. I'm not sure. He might have still won. But it was close. <laughs> no, seriously, I can't, I'll, I'll look it up. There was a sw- it was a swimming movie. He had this terminal illness, and he got to the big. I presume it was a long time ago, the Olympic race, and <laughs> it's like a four hundred meter thing, and he dies on the last bit. But he's obviously floating still. I can't remember whether he, he won or not. Oh, it was an agonising second. You shouldn't anyway. have made this up in your head. No, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> this is cool. I want to see it. Floater. <laughs> Float to Bob. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. I'll be back. Um, yeah, anyway, so he plays a boxer, various events happen to tear his life apart, and then he has to rebuild it um, and reach some sort of redemption at the end, presumably by winning a fight boxing match. Um, but look, look so Santon Fuqua, who directed it, who made things like, um, what did he make? He made, uh, I think he made um, Olympus Has Fallen and um, Tears of the Sun, stuff like that. Anyway, um, looks quite good. Uh, I'll probably check it out at the weekend. And finally, Maggie, which is a... Uh, uh, a Schwarzenegger film where he plays a father trying to take care of his daughter who's been infected by a oh, zombie com- bite. Com- Commando 2. <laughs> yeah, Commando 2 with zombies. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's post-apocalyptic event and he's trying to protect his daughter who's turning gradually turning into a zombie. Does not sound like a laugh a minute, I have to say. Um, he's supposed to be really good in it, though, isn't he? Well, it's all relative, isn't it? Schwarzenegger's good in it. Well, actually, I would have said, bizarrely, that Schwarzenegger's probably the best thing, best actor in, in Terminator Genesis. So, <laughs> who knows um, asking him to act usually not a good thing I mean without doubt the biggest weakness of Terminator 2 is the fact that they expect uh, Schwarzenegger to carry a performance in it and he can't um, but you know maybe with the passing of years he's got better at, better at emoting it's certainly an interesting idea of having him play this ageing father looking after um, although his daughter's like Abigail Breslin in it she's about what 16 so he must have had a quite late in life given he's well into his 60s Kaz is reviewing it we'll see what he thinks I can't say it's high on my list of products. I'm going to go and see Inside Out and I'll go and see Southport. I doubt I'll, I'll, I'll get around to seeing Maggie. Okay. And um, for those of us who don't like to go to the cinema because there's people there, Ed, um, <laughs> <laughs> the, what's coming up on Blu-ray? The big Blu-ray release this week, there's only really one, uh, and that's The Gunman, which was uh, Sean Penn's attempt to, to try and get some of that uh, taken Liam Neeson action money. Um, he uh, buffed up for the... I've got to say, I watched it last week and... He, and in there, there's actually a decent film, but unfortunately, it's full of like political posturing on the part of um, 
Sean Penn who co-wrote the screenplay about the situation in, in the Congo, in Africa and things like this. Um, though he himself, I've got to say, he's really buffed up for that. He does look the part, you know, and the action scenes, are, most of them are really brutal and effective. And you know, although all action films now, I think I'm going to judge against John Wick, which was so good that you still think eh, the action's not as good as it could be. But it, 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 there's a great cast, a largely wasted great cast of Javier Bardem, Idris Elba, um, Ray Winston are in it. Um, you, you're kind of thinking like, they. I mean, they could have done a better, they could, it, the problem with it is it could have been so much better. If they perhaps less of the politics and more of the action um, and other elements of the film um, where he's dealing with having um, a you know, historic head injury, which is causing him to have um, head trauma and concussion and blackouts, which is an interesting aspect that he didn't really play on that much other than to put him in jeopardy, basically. Uh, so not a great film, but but it's enjoyable in, in its own way. Um, uh, and certainly the action scenes are effectively done. They were directed by... It's directed by um, Pierre Morel, I think his name is, who directed Taken. So he knows what he's doing in terms of action. And it's nice to see a, that it's, you know, it's proper hard R-rated, you know, 15 certificate action and not watered down to get a lower rating. Um, it's got a Dolby Atmos soundtrack, which is the, probably the big selling point of the, of the disc itself. And um, whilst not the best Atmos soundtrack I've heard to date, certainly it is used effectively in certain scenes, particularly when he's dealing with, the, with, his, with his concussion and head trauma and the, the sound kind of compresses around you and it really disorientates you as much as the character is and, and really kind of, you do feel like you're almost inside his head at some points and that, that's very well used. Otherwise, it's the usual stuff, planes flying overhead, you know, bullets zooming around the room, explosions. But, um, you know, certainly it does add an element uh, to the uh, soundtrack uh, and some of the... Uh, in some of the, like the jungle scenes in the Congo, that you know, adds a bit more atmosphere and a bit, you know, um, sort of spatial awareness to the scenes, which is quite good. So it's not the most showy of, of Atmos soundtracks, but I think it's quite well used in places. Uh, and so, yeah, it's uh, it's not it's not a great film, um, but uh, certainly it's it's a fun, enjoyable action romp um, and with a great picture and really good sound. Okay, thanks, for that, Steve. So let's go back to Mark and uh, Mark. You went and did some research on this film about the guy who floated um, <laughs> past the finish line. Um, did 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 it exist? It was called Last Feelings. It was, it was Italian. It was an Italian movie with English dubbing. Hang on. Why were you even watching this, Mark? I was eight or something. I don't know. I can't remember. It was my sister's. It was my sister that was obsessed by it. She was this and the champ, the one with the boxer dies as well. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Like these tragic things. And I don't know. She used to watch it endlessly. It wasn't really my movie. But it was the story of a backstreet boy who, unwanted and unloved, rejected by society, his teachers, and finally his adopted family, had one burning ambition, to become someone. There was Claudia to help. A first experience in the joy of young love. Diego proves himself a swimmer. Against you were all watching the it for tits. Against yeah, all the odds. He becomes the championship hope of the very people who rejected him. Last feelings is one boy's dream of happiness that turns to tragedy. He had so much to live for, but so little time to live it. I've spoiled the end for you as well now, so he, he does die. <laughs> To the end. I, really, I really want to know whether he finishes first or second. You, you know what? <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather go and watch Theodore Rex than that part. At least Theodore Rex has some unintentional laughs. I mean, oh, this does, no, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen in a movie when he floats <laughs> when he floats down that last one. I used to laugh at it. I'm a sister. Got well, I used to get really wound up. About well, she's like blubbing her eyes out, and you're pissing yourself off. Oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> Anyway, I'm glad it existed because I thought I'm having going mad. But I assume then, since you mentioned the the champ, he doesn't win in that either, does he? Because he dies. I can't. I don't. I didn't watch that one, but I, I, he does die. Yeah, it's a similar. It's a similar idea. I think it came out just after the champ, so it was like the Italian. Should, should we should we be given a spoiler warnings? <laughs> I'm not sure anyone's going to watch this. Like thirty odd years old. I don't know. Is that really <laughs> you can't even buy this one. 
Oh, oh that's a shame. It, it, must, it must be on YouTube somewhere. It's not yeah. even on YouTube. It, it might again? be. Oh, Last Feelings. It's, Last it's Italian. Feelings, yeah. It's Italian. It's a crap title, too. <laughs> Was it really badly dubbed? I can't. It must have been. I can't. I can't really say I paid it that much attention. But yeah, I imagine you watching it on like crappy old VHS tape. Band. Yeah, it was a VHS for sure. Been no DVD release. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, yeah, you, you, should, no you should have watched it on Betamax. At least the picture quality would have been better. We did have a Betamax player. It might have been Betamax. Thank, thank you for that, Mark. You've expanded my film knowledge. I did. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Sorry. I'm gonna. I have an ethical dilemma, and it's an actual real-time ethical dilemma. I have the wherewithal. To, to, to act on it pretty much instantly after comments come in. Where do, first of all, my fellow panellists and, and then other people listen to this, stand on torrenting something that you already own but in a different format? I mean, in my case, I'll give you the specific context of that. It is, uh, there's been a recent update to the, the streamer that I use that's now capable of playing DSD files. Um, now, the vast majority of these at the moment have come from special, and none of this is a lie, come from specially adapted first-gen PlayStation 3s that were SACD capable. They've been modified so they can actually rip the DSD layer of the disc off and it be then turned into, into DSF files, which can be played by the streamer. So the context of how they came to be is fairly dubious. I already own this album on vinyl, and I. Furthermore, it wasn't a used copy bought, so there were. It was a brand new, artist receives royalties copy of it. Right. Okay. There is um, no means of. Buy, I need to stress: if I wanted to buy the SACD, um, there is one copy for sale in Europe at a princely sum of one hundred and fifteen pounds. So, um, I mean, obviously, we we cannot in any way, shape, or form endorse piracy, but. I have already paid. I don't think to it makes. I don't, I don't think that makes any difference, Ed, because that's a bit like saying um, you already own the Lord of the Rings trilogy on Blu-ray, um, so you're not going to pay for the extended editions because you've already you've already paid once for them. Well, no, but then that content is physically different. This is minute to the second, the same thing. Only the format changes. No, I still think you have to pay for it. Even though that's almost impossible to do, yeah, it's, actually, it's, it's it like, doesn't exist. It's like in if, the if, cont- you, if you bought, it's, it's like if you bought it on on cassette tape and then thought, well, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna pirate the CD because I already own it on cassette. I've paid for it once. I think different formats mm. are different. I think you have to pay for it again. Except in that case, it's almost impossible because even after I bought the SACD Phil, I'd have to carry out a process which is. Well, essentially, since that new High Court ruling last week is also in its in its own way, uh, you're not supposed to now be ripping your own. Music. Yeah, I mean, you're just you're just highly illegal. Well, yeah, it's good to know. And, and yeah. I, I, I think I think if you were looking at the specifics, I think um, to be um, to be fair, you'd have to pay for it again. In the ideal world, I know where you're coming from, but I think if if you were going to be consistent in your approach with things, then you'd have to say that. Fair enough. That doesn't mean I think, that, that doesn't mean I agree with it, but I think <laughs> if you're going to be consistent, then you have to be consistent. Well, I think you don't have a lot of choice around you. Do you want to say? Well, Ultimately. I mean, it, 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 you'll overcome any. Kind I, of I mean, what, what you're trying to do here is you're trying to shovel off your guilt onto other people. To be honest, and if, and if they I, agree with I you, have then, to say then you can feel than, less more guilty. More than guilt or any of that, I I greatly dislike torrenting, not least since my 
elderly laptop which i used to use is it, it used to just sit and do uh, uh, mainly it used to uh, used to assist my wife in finding bits bits of music that weren't otherwise accessible for teaching purposes but the idea of actually using my own computer anywhere near a torrent is not an appealing one it must be said because all, all manner of unpleasantness seems to follow and populate it as well yeah. so it's, as i say it's more that it, we're in a ridiculous position at the moment where there's capability among bits of electronics to play certain bits of bits of material which are totally and utterly unsupported by the labels that are supposed to be producing it which leaves you in these sort of peculiar peculiar positions but i've still got it on vinyl so it's not not, not the end of the world I maybe don't agree with my own advice there, but I think if you're being consistent, I think that would have to be the consistent answer. What yeah. about if you took your vinyl and did a high quality, high resolution rip of the vinyl? Yeah. Well, that's thankless, but yes, that's. That oh, I, you could do that, right? That's still have... that's still technically illegal as well, but I, I can't. But see you wouldn't have any issues issue. with doing that, would you? No, no. Well, other than the fact well, well, it's well, one well, of let's... the most ball achey sort of things you could possibly do. Well, yeah, let's just it's... face it. Look, if it's behind closed doors, whose business is it anyway? Well, there is that. Yeah, you're not going to sell it, are you, or anything like that? No. So. No, I have no interest in profiting from it. And let's let's face it, everything else that goes on behind closed doors, Ed. <laughs> have we helped you with your dilemma, or are you waiting on forum members who you think are going I'm, to be a well, bit I'm more sympathetic? To see, to I, I will be interested to see where 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 people stand on this. I mean, specifically, anyone who um, is in a position also to, that has either by USB DAC or whatever the wherewithal to play. DSD files. Have you bothered in so much as have you actually secured a legitimate DSD file to have a play about with it, or is it you know is it something where at the moment I, I mean I regard it as if you like it's a sort of abstract capability because it's almost impossible to get anything to actually play with it. But yeah, um, I'm I'm open to I'm just open to what people's thoughts are on this this sort of slightly peculiar situation. Okay, so there you go, dear listener. If you have any thoughts, opinions, or advice for Ed in any way, uh, add them to this podcast thread in the podcast forum, maybe forums. And that's all we got time for this week. So thanks very much for listening, and my thanks to Steve Withers. He knew the risks. He didn't have to be there. It rains. You get wet. Mark Hodgkinson. What are you a flipping owl? And Ed Sally. Come on home. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook, bookmarkavforums.com for latest reviews, news and video. Plus, you can also leave us a rating on iTunes. Um, but Steve, only... Only if you like us. And you like beeping. Five stars for the beeping. I'm Phil, and thanks very much for listening. And we'll see you again next Wednesday. Yeah.